Well, Lord, send your spirit to move in our world and stir the water of our souls so that we will desire a word of instruction that awakens us to the joy of your coming reign. In Christ's name, amen. Our text today is the first psalm. Now, parallel structure is, is one of the characteristics of Hebrew poetry. The first psalm uses parallel structure to contrast two ways of living. So listen for the beatitude that begins the psalm that commends a style of living that is not self-determined, but one that finds a home in God's teaching. Psalm 1 is a preamble to the whole Psalter. It urges a lifestyle that finds its source in the Creator and speaks of life as a path or a way and of divine instruction as nourishment along that way. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be blessed? Listen for the Word of God. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Do you want to be happy? Completely happy. Happy A to Z. The first psalm says you have two options. One is happy or blessed, and the other, the other is not. Now you have heard that the book of Psalms is the Old Testament hymn book, and it was. But did you know that the book of Psalms is also a picture book? The 23rd Psalm, as you see behind me, the 23rd Psalm famously portrays God as a shepherd who leads, restores, perfects, and comforts. The 5th Psalm pictures God as a king who listens and blesses, and the 93rd Psalm pictures God as a king robed in majesty, girded with strength. Both the 92nd and the 19th Psalm call God a rock. The 103rd Psalm pictures God as a father, and the 131st Psalm pictures God as a mother. Now God's people are pictured as sheep in the 23rd and the 80th Psalm, and servants in another Psalm, dependent children in the 131st as vines in Psalm 128 and even as arrows in the 127th Psalm. The book of Psalms 
is a book chock full of pictures. Now the six short verses of the first psalm paint two pictures. One of a leafy, fruitful tree planted by streams of water and one of chaff that the wind drives away. The prophet Jeremiah contrasted these two ways, starting off with a, a picture of a shrub and then used that tree image similar to the first psalm. Jeremiah began, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in parched places in the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Now hear how Jeremiah described the faithful. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green in the year of drought. It is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. And what about that chaff metaphor? Well, you know, wheat is generally used to make our, the flour that we use to make our daily bread. And cereal crops like wheat have husks that are usually discarded. That's chaff. Chaff is generally dry and scaly stuff, and that's why you don't want it in your flour, even though it does give you a little fiber. <laughs> harvested wheat, harvested wheat was beaten to separate the wheat from the chaff. You can either thresh wheat by, you can winnow, mill it or you can winnow it. In Bible times, they'd use a winnowing fork to have a pile of wheat and chaff and they'd toss it into the air. Well, because wheat is heavier than chaff, the wheat would fall down into the pile of good stuff and the, the useless chaff would blow away. So what do trees and chaff have to do with happiness, blessedness? <coughs> happiness is related to the choices you make. First Psalm starts by telling us three things that the happy do not do. They do not follow the advice of the wicked. They do not walk in the wrong path. The happy, second one is the happy do not take the path that sinners tread. And thirdly, the happy do not sit in the seat of scoffers. Notice how each level, taking the path, standing with, and sitting with, connotes more and more attachment to the wrong teachings, the wrong choices, wrong leanings, wrong commitments. So what do the happy do? They delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. Now before you object that delight in the law sounds more like an attorney's dreams, and we have a few attorneys here, and that might not even be their dreams to meditate on the law, but before you say that's somebody else's dream, not mine, notice that the word in Hebrew there was Torah. It can also be translated instruction or teaching. In other words, the happy delight in God's teaching. God's instruction, God's guidance. The Hebrew word that's translated meditate can also mean murmur. I've read that in Bible days, people did not read silently. They read out loud, softly but aloud, not in unison. 
So some of the meditating on God's instruction would be done aloud, but in company with others. In Old Testament times, the Psalter was written on several scrolls, or called the books, and Psalm 1, of course, started the first book. Psalm 41 started the second book of the Psalms. And it also starts with beatitude. Happy are those who consider the poor. The Lord delivers them in times or the day of trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. They are called happy in the land. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and in illness. So once again, God's instruction says, we do not find happiness in self. There was a famous observer of America, Alex de, de Tocqueville, who came here in what, the 1800s and wrote that most Americans are obsessed with one puny object, self. Remember that I said that the Psalms picture God's people as arrows. The 127th Psalm says that sons are like arrows. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. So again, happiness there is not found in self, but in family. The 65th Psalm and the 89th Psalm both suggest that happiness is not found in self, but in worship. And I hope you are happy to be here in worship today. Two Psalms suggest that happiness lies in walking with God. The 119th Psalm starts with another beatitude. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who walk in his ways. And the 128th says that happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be happy and it shall go well with you. So why did, why, why, why did I start off by asking, did you want to be happy A to Z? Well, the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph, and the last is Tav. The first word in this psalm starts with Aleph, and the last word in this psalm starts with Tav. It's sort of an inclusio, a, a, an envelope structure that, that says, if if for you, happiness depends on righteousness. Well, I've said before here that the word righteous has gotten something of a bad reputation, mainly from hanging out with that word self, as in self-righteous. But what righteous means is having a right relationship with God, and therefore a right relationship with God's people, God's children, and God's creation. If you want the picture of you to be that thriving, fruitful, leafy tree planted by the waters, surrender to God. Otherwise, your picture may be like chaff, blown away by the wind. The first psalm is about the most basic decision of how to live. We can choose God's way, or we can choose the ephemeral, unproductive way that just will not endure. Or as that famous theologian, Bob Dylan, once wrote, you're gonna serve somebody, maybe the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're gonna serve somebody. Now, some may be tempted to point out, well, you know, that's, um, that's 
about two ways. That's Old Testament. What does the New Testament say? Well, there's this fellow named Jesus who said in the book of Matthew, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded by his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. Thanks be to God. May God who knows us and loves us, who calls us and saves us, bless us with vision to see, faith to believe, and courage to act. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.